You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Luke chapter 16, the wisdom of giving to missions. If you can stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, that'd be wonderful. If you cannot, the Lord knows. And if you don't have a Bible, I hope somebody uh, close by would let you uh, look on with them. I like for people to see the Word of God. By the way, like the pastor said, you can't exhaust it. You know why? This is the only book that's a living book. And no matter how long you have a friend, You'll know this, if you've had a friend for 50 years, when you go out and have coffee together, you learn something else about him. And that's, this is the only book like that. When you rest of them one time, you read it. But uh, this is a living book. Okay, Luke 16. And he said as also to his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. Verse 4, I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, uh, he said unto him Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. And then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore, or eighty. Verse 8 is very interesting. And the Lord, not our Lord, but his boss, and the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Didn't say because he had done honestly, but he commended him because he had done wisely. Now look at this, this kind of hurts. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. You say, what's that saying? Lost people are wiser than saved people. How do you like that one? Well, we'll be looking at it. Verse 9, And I say unto you, and he's kind of really probably looking his disciples right in the face right now, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust of true riches... And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 
Father, thank you for the privilege we have to be together again tonight. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would illumine our hearts and our minds to understand Bible truth. And then as we understand it, that we would act on it. We know the scripture says, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it becomes sin. So Lord, we pray for that enlightenment and the ability to live according to the scripture. And you give us a grace to do that. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, maybe the first thing we need to do, and just in case, is talk about the word steward just for a moment, because that's what's being spoken about here. And the parable is about a steward that had maybe wasted, he actually has wasted his master's goods. So now, what is a steward? A steward is someone that possesses something that belongs to somebody else. Now, from time to time, like here, I will fly into a city and to a church, and somebody in the church will have an extra car instead of the pastor needing to run back and forth or whatever. Um, or the pastor couldn't have an extra one, but somebody in the church will have one, and they'll say, well, Brother Hardy, you can just use my car while you're here for the missions conference. I become a steward at that moment. That's not my car but I'm in possession of that car. And so it's my obligation then to use it in such a way that the person who owned it would feel okay about it. And it's also my obligation when I return it that it's in good shape. That means if you borrow somebody's pickup truck, fill it up with gas before you take it back. And everybody that's owned the pickup truck knows what I'm talking about because <laughs> it just happened. So it helps you to understand. Now, every Christian is a steward. Every one of us. As a matter of fact, we forget this. I know we all know it, but we forget that everything a Christian has belongs to God. It's His. Now, we all forget that sometimes. You know, we're paying for something, we're getting this, we're getting that. But really, we shouldn't buy much of anything. In fact, is we shouldn't buy anything that we think God would not be pleased with. He said, well, if I paid my tithe and if I paid my faith promise, what... That's okay, but don't forget, it's all his. <laughs> and he only asked for 10% back on the, on the tithe. And then when it comes to faith promise, he says, make your own mind up about that. I'll try to give you some direction, but you can do what you want. You can be as liberal with it as, as you want to be. So we're a steward. We had a Japanese girl live with us for a while. She wanted to come over and learn English. Um, some Japanese had come over and had been at Eastland Baptist Church and been to some other churches. It was a big fellowship meeting it had at Springfield. And so when she went back home, uh, she said to the missionary, Laverne Rogers, who'd been there forever, it seemed like, ever since World War II was over, and said, I'd like to go to America so I can be with Americans and learn the English better. And he said, well, which one of those churches? You're in about six churches. She said, I like Go Eastland Baptist Church. So they called us and we worked that out. And so uh, she came and stayed with us that year, and then she stayed with us another year, and then she stayed with us another year. And she finally went to college there and took music, and she stayed with us 13 years. And I was telling that story one time, and uh, there were some people standing around. There was a lady standing there, and I, she was really soaking it up. And uh, so finally after I said that, uh, the lady said, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could have someone from another country live in my house for 13 years. I said, ma'am, you don't have a house. 
And I tell right then, she didn't understand stewardship. I said, God has a house. and He's letting you use it. And if he wants somebody else to live in it for a while, you better kind of keep that in your mind. And you know, I love that girl that she'd get my own blood daughter. And uh, get to see her real often. And now she's got three kids and married a missionary son. It's just wonderful. So here we go. And this steward now has been accused of waste. I'd just be curious. I've been asking this question. How many of y'all ever heard a sermon on waste? It's like every place else I've been. Nobody wants to preach it because too many Americans are guilty. If I were to ask you what nation on earth you think is probably the most wasteful, how come you're already shaking your heads? It's us, isn't it? And God doesn't like it. And we're the Christian nation. We have to think about that just a little bit, don't we? Well, I noticed in the newspaper just a few years ago, I was in Arkansas, and I happened to be reading some headlines there, and there, this guy, Rob Greenfield's name popped up, and he had gone across America, or not across it, but I mean doing a survey across America, trying to determine how much food was thrown in a dumpster by grocery stores that was not quite yet out of date. It's still within date. His count was $48.3 billion worth. And I'm going to suggest there might be that much in refrigerators across the country as well. So anyway, this guy's been accused of wasting his master's good. Now, I'm going to do some paraphrasing. You know what I mean? Just instead of reading every verse so we can just kind of move along. So he called this guy in. He talks to him about it and just flat tells him, hey, if this is true, you're fired. You're going to be through. And... Uh, so I think that's okay, and the Lord would look at me, and God doesn't want me to be wasteful, and I try not to be. And so by the time we get down, you know, to about verse 3, the steward's thinking about it, and he knows he's guilty. And he's thinking, what am I going to do? I'll lose my job. Now, having a job back then, not like having a job now. Let me compare it. When I got out of the Navy, I worked for Bell Helicopter for a year. I mentioned, I think, that this morning. I lived in my house. I drove my car. I had my own tools at Bell Helicopter. If they terminated me, I'd take my tools, put them in my car, drive home, and then the next day or two start looking for another job. These people lived on the property of the person they worked for. All the tools that he used belonged to his master. Many of them, the cloak that they would wear in cold weather was given to them, and they ate at their master's table. I'm telling you, you talk about people being on the street. <laughs> when you lost your job back then, buddy, you are on the street. You say, how much money did the government give me? Come on, you know better than that. Um, bad grammar, but ain't nobody going to give you nothing. You know, sometimes in Oklahoma, you've got to use bad grammar to get a point across. You know, just the way it is. Sometimes it has to work. Now, verse 4 is an important verse, and it's going to have to be connected later on with verse 9. So he says in verse 4, I know what I'm going to do. That when I'm put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. Now, so far you're thinking, well, who are, 
Who is this they? Well, we're going to get to them here in just a moment. The antecedent is going to be people that owes his boss money. This man evidently, this steward evidently is an accountant. He evidently keeps the books for his boss, and you'll see that here in just a moment. So here this guy said, I'm going to be out on the street, but now there's a lot of people, you know, that uh, owe my boss money, and I'm the accountant, and I may just figure some way out here that when I don't have a place to live here, I'll have another place to live. And so then we get down, it says in verse 5, he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him. Now, I don't know how many there was. There might have been a hundred, but we don't want to go through a hundred, and the Lord knew he didn't either, so he just gives us a couple so that we can understand. So in verse 5, he calls every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and he said unto the first one, how much do you owe my boss? And he said, I owe him a hundred measures of oil. He says, sit down and write me a check for 50. He owes a hundred. Well, what's he doing? Do you remember he needed a place to live? This is what he said. Amen. You woman know how to cook? Got an extra bedroom? Let's say that 100 measures of oil is $100,000. I mean, if I want to hang out at your place for a little bit, could I do that for 50000 He looks like he might be able to handle that, you know. Now, that's what's happening. Now, we understand that in Oklahoma, one reason we have bad roads in Oklahoma is the county commissioners always give the job to some guy that doesn't halfway make a road, and then that guy that doesn't halfway make a road gives a kickback. He gives some money to the guy's campaign. And that might happen to other places in Oklahoma. In other words, you know what that is. That's crooked, but that's exactly what they're doing. So I don't know how long it was, but he makes a deal with this guy. I'm going to give you full paid and full uh, you know, but I need a place to stay for a little while. And the guy says, you got it. And he calls the next one in. How much do you owe, he says? 100 measures a week. Sit down quickly. Write me out a check for 80. Well, how come one's 80 and one's 50? He's sizing them up. <laughs> he knows which one he can get more out of, which one he can get less out of, and he is sizing them up. And so however many it needs to come through, I'm sure as many as he felt like he needed, that would take... Uh, good care of him. Well, then we get down to verse 8. We looked at a while ago, and his boss looked at this, and he said, uh, you know, he kind of commended him. And this is interesting, isn't it? What he's kind of saying to him is, hey, uh, boy, he kind of turned to Babylon on me. God, I hand it to you. That's pretty sharp thinking. It was. I mean, the light bulb came on. He said, you know, what am I going to do? Did you notice earlier he said, now, I can't, I can't dig, and I'm too proud to beg. Now, if you won't work and won't beg, you're in trouble. You've got to get your cardboard and get on the corner, son. <laughs> and if you can't do that and you can't work, you're going to starve. And we've seen both of those, haven't we? I mean, isn't the Bible so relevant what's going on today? So he commends him. Because he had done wisely. Now we're talking about the wisdom of giving to missions. It's going to start coming together. Now verse 4 and verse 9 have really got to be married together. They've really got to be connected. Before we get to verse 9, then he says, you know, for the children of this world are in their generation 
wiser than the children of light. Now let's make sure you understand something. Look at the verse very Every word in the Bible is important. For the children of this, it doesn't just say, for the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. It says the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. You say, how would that be then? Well, would you keep in mind, for the child of God, this is the only hell we're ever going to know. This is as bad as it's going to get. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasure's laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We're just pilgrims here. What about lost people? See, only heaven they'll ever know. This is as good as it's ever going to be. How hard do they work to get the money for their toys? Huh? How much money do they spend on those toys? I mean, they want to live with gusto. Well, you better live with gusto. Because this is it. And yet, we've got to live like people can look at us and say, evidently, he's got something we don't know about that's better down the road. And we do. And the one reason we can't reach people, sometimes they can't see that. But I wonder, if we are to add up the money that lost people are using to buy stuff for their heaven, and we check the Christian and how much money he's putting into things for his heaven, what that might look like. Kind of sobering, isn't it? Because they get up early. And they work late. And they're looking for overtime. There's a lot of money in this country. It's unbelievable. I was out to Colorado a while back, and a friend of mine happened to be up there. I didn't even know he was there. He was a businessman. I'd never done any four-wheeling. He said, you want to go four-wheeling tomorrow? I was up there doing a tent revival in a little church in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. I said, yeah, man, if it's mechanical, I like it. And it was a uh, Polaris Razor. And, uh, man, we even pooped out a 500-pound bear. I was glad he didn't want to. Well, I knew I could outrun my buddy, so I was fairly safe. <laughs> Headed up that mountain, you know, and going through all these gullies and stuff like that. I said, how much one of these things cost? And he said, that's ah, just money. I said, how much does it cost? He said, 30 grand. Now, he's a Christian man and faithful with his money because he was a member of our church for a lot of years and when I was pastor. But I'm thinking about what lost people, how far they go and to the extremes they go to for their heaven and what we do, you know, for ours. Now, we look at verse 9. And so now he's really looking at the disciples just, I think, eyeball to eyeball. Now, you'll notice in the first verse that this whole text is really, he's talking to his disciples. You say, is that what we are? Well, that's what I want to be. You say, well, am I? I don't know. The requirements for a disciple is pretty high. In fact, the disciples in the New Testament were the Navy SEALs of their day. And you get over two, back two chapters to Luke chapter 14. If you don't do this, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't do this, you cannot be my disciple. If you don't do, I mean, it's pretty strenuous. That's the reason I don't say to someone, oh, yeah, I'm one of them. I'm saying, I'm working on it. It would be great to be known as one of his disciples. And when you've got disciples, you can really do some work for the Lord because they don't complain and whine and care and so forth. They just report for duty, you know. And whatever you want to do, let's do it. 
So now we go back to four. I'm resolved what to do that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. And then we get to verse nine. They've got to be tied together. These are just parallel. One of them's for lost people and the other one's for saved people. Verse four is for lost people. Verse nine for saved people. And I say unto you, disciples, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, and we're all going to do it, they may receive you into, here's a word that's not in verse 4, everlasting habitations. I'm not just looking for a house I can live in a little while longer. The fact is, I hope when I move from the house I live in now, it's going to be the last one for eternity, and I'm going straight up there. Now, here's the point. Now, he tells them in verse 9 to make friends with money. I don't need money to make friends with your pastor. I don't need money to make friends with my neighbor across the street. We're already friends. I mean, the one next to me on the right, the one next to me on the right or the left, I mean, I've got lots of friends in my neighborhood. I don't need that money to make friends with them. How do I make friends in Chile? Find a missionary going to Chile. Give him some money. Go down there and go to preaching, buddy. Yes, sir. They're going across the country right now. It's like we were talking about the Smutchlers the other day, and I know them really well. And I was involved in their wedding and how it works. And yeah, and, I'm, and I want to support, have money invested in them. And say, hey, I'd like to have some friends in Mongolia. Well, what does it say? Make friends with the mammon of money. I'm telling you, we're talking about giving to missions. Because you shouldn't have to have money to make friends over here. You do that because of the relationship that you have. So that when we fail, they may, and look who says it's going to do that they may receive you. Now, the Lord's going to receive us into everlasting habitations, but there's going to be other people going to receive us into everlasting habitations. They don't know us, but they're there because of the fact that we exercise Jews in our money. So you get to heaven, and you just walk in there, and some guy comes to you, hey, you Dave Hardy? Yeah, <laughs> my so-and-so name, and I'm from Mongolia. I've been looking for you. The Lord showed me the books, and I found out that you pumped money into the missionary that came to Mongolia. Man, I've been waiting on you for 10 years. Let's get over here and talk about it. And you know what, Pastor? I've been in 40 countries, but I've supported missionaries to more places than that. It's going to be exciting when we get there. And I remember when I was a little boy, about five years old, Waco, Texas. Now, some of y'all have to be old enough to understand what I'm fixing to say. My mama's got the radio turned on to Del Rio, Texas. That was the most powerful radio station in the world at that time because a transmitter was in Mexico and they didn't have any guidelines. They'd burn the antenna off your car for 500 miles. The truckers could hear Del Rio, Texas, and Chicago. My mama's got this song going... And I'm wandering around the house, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it. I don't want you to leave yet. But I ain't going to need this house no longer. And I ain't going to need this house no more. 
They ain't got time to fix the shingles, and they ain't got time to fix the floor. They ain't got time to oil the hinges or to mend the window pane. I ain't going to need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet the saints. I'm a little bitty guy. I remember right now, I say, Mama, that man's house in bad shape. <laughs> and my mama's exact words, I remember them to this day. She say, oh, Shaw, son. I don't know what Shaw means as old as I am. I don't. Oh, Shaw, son. He's not talking about his old house. He's talking about his old body. It's just about worn out. And he's getting ready to move on. That's what we're talking about here in verse 9. You say, well, let me just pick up a few more scriptures if you don't mind. And I want to ask you to turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is talking. Paul says, for we know that if our earthly house, this is it, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Therefore, we're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We are confident I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. This whole thing is going to need to be replaced for long, and I'm telling you what, I'm getting everything out of it it's got before I turn loose of it. Going to just keep it moving. That's just super fantastic stuff. Now we're talking about the wisdom and given to missions. What does it say over here? The children of this world and might be wiser than the children of light. Are they wiser than you? Are they wiser than me? I don't like the sound of that, preacher. At all. And if I can do anything about it, I'm trying to do something about it. I hope I am doing something about that. And then we just got just a few more things here to look at in this chapter. And So I hope you're looking now at verses 10, 11, and 12. Because remember this whole thing started with the idea of waste. If we could turn all of the waste we ever had into money, wonder what we'd have. That'd be interesting. I can see this is real popular. Because <laughs> we have so much bounty in America. It's just unbelievable. But we've got three last points here. Verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So don't waste because something is small. I watch people go through a parking lot out here and there's pennies laying there and they walk right by them. I suppose you're going to pick them up. You're right. You got me. I'm going to pick them up. I bet you change your own oil. I do. You can't change it as quite cheap as I have it made. I got $100 says I can. You say you don't bet? No, I'm going to take your money. <laughs> I don't bet. I just want to be a good businessman. And I read a story years ago that I, it stayed with me. And there was a couple of men that, you know, they were buddies, probably these guys' age, in, high, in school together and actually grew up and went to college together. Well, there's some girls that, you know, they were interested in, that same age they were. They'd gone to school together, went to college together. And anyway, then they got married. And these two particular men had just remained friends through the whole time. And the girls they'd married were already friends, and they too. And so we'd gone all the way through school. We'd gone through college. They got families. And now their children are grown and gone. And these two couples just enjoyed being with each other. And every Friday night, they got together. One Friday night, they'd go over to one guy's house, and the other Friday night, they'd go over to the other person's house. 
Now, one of those men, they both had the same education, but one of them had done real well. And the other one hadn't. But they were still good friends. That's okay. So on this particular occasion, the man that had not done too well is eating on a Friday night at the house of the man who did do well. And the ladies were in the kitchen. It's kind of informal. The men are there in the family room, den, whatever they called them back then. And then the lady of the house said, oh, hon, I forgot to get some green beans. Would you mind running down to the store and get a couple of cans of green beans? He said, I'll be glad to. He said to his friend, you want to go with me? Yeah, man, I'll go with you. And so they go down and run in the store, and they're coming out. And the guy hadn't done too well said, I can't believe you. He said, what are you talking about? He said, and you've done so well financially, and um, you could have had the best green beans in this store. But no, you had to buy the generic ones. Now, you'll know how old the story was in just a minute. He said, uh, man, uh, you knew you could have had the best ones here for a dime a can, and you got these ones for eight cents a can. He said, man, it's only two cents. The other guy said, it's 20%. Your face is talking. Now you know why one guy had money? He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in much. God gives you X amount of money to live on and to serve Him and to give to missions and everything else. And before He gives any more, you're going to be watching. See what's going on. So don't waste because something little. And second of all, don't waste because something is temporal. So then it says in verse 11, If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now in America, if you talk to the average American, and probably most, you know, because of the way they talk, we might answer too. But now... The unrighteous mammon is, you understand what it is? Mammon starts with the same letter as money. And it's what it is. It's, it's money. This is the unrighteous mammon. Well, that's what the verse is talking about. If you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust true riches? That's one to think about, isn't it? Because we think about this is, if you ask a man how much he's worth, this is what he's going to be talking about all the time. A Christian ought to have a little bit better way of talking about his assets than what's right there. You say, well, what is true riches? Oh, according to the Bible? We'll not turn there. If you go to Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5, he says to Israel, if you'll keep my covenant and follow me, you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me. That's the real stuff. He says over in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17. And he says, And these people shall be mine when I make up my jewels. God's people are true riches. And if the Lord comes tonight, I don't care what kind of car you've got out, you've got a Lamborghini out there, it won't make any difference. He'll leave every last one of those stinking things on the parking lot. You're the only thing that's valuable to him. And the scripture's full of it. Christ didn't die for the dollar bill. He died for us. How does that play out? 
Well, let me talk about Eastland Baptist Church. Rusty, is that it? Brother Rusty and his family, they moved to Tulsa, and I'm still pastoring. And he joined the church. And they, after a little while, they say, well, you know, Pastor, um, we don't want to just sit a whole, we just don't want to hold a pew down. We want to be involved. Well, what would you like to do? Man, we'd like to teach junior boys. They're a hoot, and they are. I love juniors. High schoolers, eh. I mean, you know, you take juniors to camp, they think they're on the moon. <laughs> I've never checked a tithing record in my life. If a pastor wants to, I think it's fine. I just want to preach it and let it fly out there. You know, it's like a pack of dogs. Someone said, if you throw a rock, you'll know which one you hit. <laughs> He'll let you know. Um, so I don't check tithing records. But if you want to teach at Eastland Baptist Church, the deacons are going over you like an MRI. And my friend, if you don't tithe, you ain't going to teach. Oh, Brother Hardy, just because you don't tithe don't mean you can't teach. Well, let me tell you something. If we can't trust you with a dollar bill, you're not getting your hands on a junior boy. You want to know why some people can't win anybody to Christ? Because if God can't trust you with money, he's not trusting you with an eternal soul. Read it. It's right there. I love it. It doesn't cost anything to win someone to Christ. And it's worth so much. Somebody's going to be waiting for you. Looking for you to come. Don't uh, waste something because it's small. Don't waste it because it's temporal. Third one is don't waste because it's somebody else's. It says in verse 12, If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Well, I had a privilege to do a lot of things in my life, and I haven't gotten to do everything I've always wanted to do, but I've done scuba diving. and got to do that when I was on a submarine some, I fly airplanes. I, I like that. My wife and I rode a going motorcycle for 20 years. Should have heard those culottes at 80 miles an hour. Man, that's something. Sound like an American flag in a hurricane. We go skiing. We, my wife and I have hiked the Grand Canyon three or four times. <laughs> I shouldn't tell this probably, but I preached at a fellowship meeting one time and after it was over, I was just standing around all the preachers. You know, I love to talk to my preacher buddies. And some preachers and their wives were standing. The service was over. And one of them said, your church still going skiing? I said, oh, yeah. I'm going to take a couple of bus loads all the way to Colorado. I said, oh, you don't know one thing about skiing. They come rolling off that mountain like fleas off a sheep's back when you dip them. And I said, I said, I laugh so hard I get a headache. And I don't get headaches. but I. And so this preacher's wife said, Bad grammar and all. I ain't getting on those skis. And one of them said, y'all still backpacking? I said, yeah. My wife and I was just out to Colorado National Monument. Out there by Montrose, Colorado. And we went out there. We just looked at a backpacker magazine. There's a certain spot we want to go to. And we hiked right out there and spent the night. That same pastor's wife says, I ain't doing no backpacking. So, all right. And one of them said, y'all still riding that gold wing? 
I said about what I did a while ago, and I said, yeah. You lean it this way far enough, sparks will fly. If you lean it that far away, sparks will, it's fantastic, you know. Third time, the same woman said, I ain't getting on no motorcycle. Does he ever get in the flesh? I said, Trace, Trace, he said he does. And I got in the flesh, and I looked at her and said, well, ma'am, I'm sure glad I didn't marry you. Because <laughs> that girl of mine is a lot of fun. She probably thought she was going to lose her life a few times, but... <laughs> fact is, people used to say, we're going we're gonna to clean your face. We're going to peel your face off a concrete embankment. One of these days, I said, I got $100. says, I'll be smiling <laughs> when you peel it off. But now, of all the things I've done, let me tell you the most challenging of all. Raise a teenage boy. You say, I don't think that's challenging. Well, I know one thing about you. You ain't raised no teenage boy. I used to read through the book of Job. You remember that part he said, I mean, things were getting bad. And then he said, and that which I feared most has come upon me. You know what that was? I didn't know what it was for years, Pastor. That's when your son gets old enough to get into your tools. Good set of craftsman tools. My dad, and my bicycle's broke. He fixed. No, I'm not fixing your bicycle. I thought you said it was your bicycle. Yeah, well, fix your bicycle. Dad, I need to borrow some tools. I said, all right. Now you men can help me out. And I said, son, you can use the tools. Uh, but when you get through with them, I'll get the first word out. The rest of you guys can help me. When you get through with them, put them back. And so. One day Wayne's out there, he's got a 5 eighths, 3 eighths inch deep well socket. About three days I'm doing something with a lawnmower and it happened to have a spark plug that required a 5 eighths deep well, 3 eighths inch drive socket. There's only one socket missing out of my whole set. You look guilty. You're not looking at me. <laughs> Five-eighths. Three-eighths inch drive. Deep well socket. Wayne, get out here, son. What do you need, Dad? Where's the five-eighths, three-eighths inch drive, deep well socket? Well, I don't know, Dad. I'm sure I put it back. Okay. Well, Wayne, I want to remind you that there's me and you and your mama. What do you think your mama was doing with a deep well three-inch drive favorite socket? You better find that before I kill you. So. A little bit later, he says, Dad, I know how to solve this problem with the tools. I said, I can't wait to hear it. He said, if you'll buy me my own tools, <laughs> then I won't have to borrow your tools. And I said, if you can't take care of my tools, you ain't getting no tools. And all the men said, amen. You got that? Right. Well, then after two wheels, what's next? Now, remember, in Okies, you got to use bad grammar sometimes to get a point across. He said, Dad, I, I need to borrow the car. 
you ain't getting the card. You said, that's bad grammar. I told you. When you say, no, you may not have the card, that don't get anywhere with, you know, guys like this. You ain't getting the card. But when you got a PK on your hand, it's different. He said, it's scriptural for me to have a card. I said, oh, I hadn't read that. Well, you know, back when I was young, a man's car was it. I mean, Saturday morning, the more lacquer paint jobs on there, we polished them things so much. If it's a blue car, the rag turned blue, but we shined those babies up every single week, and we were always reading hot rod magazines. Man, that was the magazines to have, hot rod, muscle cars. We called them rod for short. He said, Dad, the Bible says you spare the rod, you spoil the child. <laughs> I got places to go and people to meet, and they'll give me the keys to the rod. And then we had problems with uh, fuel. Didn't always come back, you know, with the same amount it left in. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about Naomi, you know, and she comes home, and everybody says, oh, Naomi's come home. And she said, no, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara because I went out full and I've come home empty. And I thought, I just call my car Mara. What my son says, well, Dad, I know how to solve this problem. Well, I can't wait to hear it. If you'll buy me an automobile, I won't have to borrow your automobile. I said, are you crazy? If you can't take care of my car, you ain't getting no car. All the men said. Amen. Well, now, I think this is to us. If you've not been faithful in another man's, thank you for letting me carry your wallet. Live in your house. Drive your car. You know, I, I tithe, I give faith promise, and I give to a building program every week, the church I'm a member of. And I try to put something in the offering plate every time it's passed, any place else I am. Yeah, I, no, I don't have the money to put a $100 bill in there, but I can put a few ones, I can put a five. I try to put whatever the Lord tells me to put in there. It's his money. You know, there's been an old program on TV called, I think it's called Let's Make a Deal. If it's not that, y'all can help me out, where they had this curtain, and you didn't know what they had behind there. If I'm getting it wrong, y'all help me out with it, because you know, I'm not a TV watcher that much. And, and, and so they'd have behind this curtain, and then this guy would have a, a roll of $100 bills look like a roll of toilet paper. I mean, it was that big. And they'd get some poor devil up there, probably hand-packed, and they'd peel off. About $1,000. Say, you want this money? You can have it right now. Or you want what's behind the curtain? No, I want what's behind the curtain. This thing goes back and forth, you know. Now they're up to about thirty dollars or $40,000. And the guy's swept. And you want what's behind the curtain? You want to take this money and walk off this stage. And now the audience is into it. And his woman is out there someplace screaming and yelling and hollering. And he doesn't know, I'm going to take the money. 
me pull the curtain back. King Air Airplane, 1.2 million. Yacht. New Corvette, 129,000. He said, oh no. Of course, it's Elizabeth <laughs> having a big one or whatever. <laughs> it's going to be like that, kind of. Because you think they've got a curtain? Tonight it is clear. You look. Look at some of the stuff he's already got up there. That's just to let you know he can do what he wants to when he wants to. You know, the Lord told us, you know, to give us the desires of our heart. He wants more for us than we want for ourselves. So what if it's like that a little bit? And so we stand before the Lord someday, and he pulls that curtain back. He said, this is what I wanted for you. But I've got to be true to my own word. Because I know what I gave you, and I know what I told you to do with it. And you didn't. And I can't give it to you. He'll be as heartbroken as us. I don't want to hear that. I don't want him to withhold because I withheld. Do you think I'm out of the verse? You know, we're talking about eternal things here. If therefore you've not been faithful, you know, in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So if you get right down to it, Brother Hardy, you said you're a steward. Nothing you have is yours. It's not. But it will be. Revelation. Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. Then it'll be mine. And not till then. Wisdom in giving to missions. God wants you to be wiser than the children of this world and invest the money that he entrusts you with as he directs you. You don't have to give everything unless he tells you that. But if he does, give it. But he's never done that to me. I've never missed a meal. Might have been a little bit tight sometimes. Sometimes I think it probably doesn't hurt us for things to be a little bit tight. And God has been so gracious to me and to my wife. And God is no respecter of persons. He really does want more for you more for me than for myself. We're going to have an invitation in a moment. I want to encourage you to think about if your stewardship could be just a little bit better for the Lord. Everybody makes mistakes and comes up short, and we'll do it again. But God is so willing to forgive. What Jesus said, forgive him seven times? No, 70 times seven. He really is gracious. And I hope you'll just find a place and bow before the Lord and say, Lord, You've been good to me. I live in the wealthiest country. The average American is in the top 5% wealthiest people on the face of the earth. The average Chinese, I read about just a few years ago, like four years ago, makes 14% of what you make. And they save money. It's amazing. God is good. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. 
For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.